Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Noel Conrad here with you on Double K Country. It's time now for our Healthy Nevada program. And I have with me right in the studio now, Candy Dahmer, who's the Worksite Wellness Coordinator with Healthy Nevada. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you. We're going to talk about a cool thing today, the best way to get better at anything. Today, we are going to talk about how deliberate practice plus met... Today, we are going to talk about how deliberate practice plus feedback can improve your skills. The key points are going to be all or nothing thinking can impede our motivation to improve our skills, identifying specific components of skills to work on through feedback can be helpful, and deliberate practice is more effective than our usual way of practicing. Okay, let me ask you, are we prone towards certain pursuits because of our individual strengths and weaknesses? People hold strong beliefs about what they are and are not good at. I've never been good at speaking up in groups, or I don't do sports. I'm not very athletic. Furthermore, in particular areas of their lives, people tend to view themselves through the lens of categorical extremes. They are either all good or all bad at something, and rather than somewhere in the middle. In cognitive behavioral therapy, they call exaggerated thought processes like these cognitive distortions, the term used to refer to common thinking errors. More specifically, the error of seeing things in a black or white manner rather than in shades of gray is an example of the cognitive distortion called all-or-nothing thinking. All-or-nothing thinking not only influences the core beliefs we hold about our own abilities, but also exerts a powerful effect on the explanations we give for how there can be such large differences in people's ability levels. As the story goes, some people have got it and some people don't. We are born with certain strengths and weaknesses that predispose us towards certain pursuits and therefore away from the activities, hobbies, and occupations we weren't made for. So we should discover what we are naturally good at and uncover our hidden potential. Life is then a bit of a going on a treasure hunt, looking for clues on a map that will point us in the right direction until one day, boom, you finally stumble upon that which you've been searching for where X marks the spot. The buried treasure, ability, potential, calling, life purpose that was has been there the whole time or so the story went. In his book, Peak, Secrets from the New Science of Expertise, K. Anders Erickson debunks the theory that main reason the best swimmers, violinists, chess grandmasters, and other competitors who rank at the top of their fields are so good is simply that they were born to be good at these things. Studying violinists at a top music school, Erickson was interested in what separated the best violinist from the merely good violinist. He found that the main factor that distinguished the top violinists from the rest was that these individuals were spending many more hours each day on average practicing by themselves outside of regular practices and one-on-one instruction from their teachers. Erickson discovered that the same pattern existed amongst spelling bee winners, the kids who went the farthest in spelling bee competitions and ended up winning tended to be the ones who spent the most time practicing memorization of words in solo practice. Okay, do people excel because they spend more time practicing or do they simply practice more because they were already talented with the skill? 
That is an important question. Did these performers excel because they spent more time practicing, or did they simply practice more because they were already talented in their respective fields and thus enjoyed practicing these activities more than others? When asked how much they enjoyed practicing, the top individuals did not report enjoying practice any more than comparable peers who were less skilled than them. Okay, does that mean we can train anyone to do anything? Erickson concedes that in certain athletic domains, you may be limited by factors like your height and or body size that are not likely to change dramatically regardless of effort and can give others who have genetic endowments a leg up. Think how being taller can help you in basketball, but being shorter can help you more in horse riding. However, he was able to prove through experiments that it is possible to teach lay people how to do things that on the surface you would think are impossible to train or that are reserved for geniuses. Erickson was able to recruit the collegiate long-distance runner Steve Falloon to, uh, for a study to see if it was possible to improve one's ability to memorize digits that were read aloud to them. In the beginning, Falloon could recall and say back a fairly average number of digits, which was seven, but by the 200th training session, he could remember a staggering 82 digits, comparable to what the best memory experts at the time could do. Erickson was able to replicate similar success with subsequent experiment participants who were able to benefit from using techniques similar to the ones Falloon reported using when asked about his thought processes. In the domain of music, Erickson gives examples of how people have been taught how to identify musical notes by ear through training and practice and are able to develop perfect pitch, a quality you are usually believed to be born with. He talks about how geniuses like Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart actually got to be so good because he started young, had an enriching home environment and an engaged parent, and accumulated thousands and thousands of hours of practice before producing his first real creative works. What dreams and wishes have we all mentally closed ourselves from pursuing because of the societal myth that talent is innate? The problem with believing that talent and skill are genetic is that the this belief dissuades us from actually trying and putting in the effort to get better at something, reinforcing the very idea that we aren't very good at it. Okay, so how do we get better? Well, number one, you challenge your story about ability. Being good at something is not about finding buried treasure. It's more like filling the treasure chest up one coin at a time every time you invest in practicing a skill. Number two, identify the specific skills you need to improve. Break down the skill that you want to do better into even more specific skills you need to focus on. For example, a basketball player may generally want to work on shooting the ball better, but they would differentiate between layups, free throws, mid-range jumpers, and three-point shots. Working with a teacher who can provide you with real-time feedback can be invaluable. A teacher or coach can help you identify the skills you need to improve and design individualized exercises to hone in on those growth areas. If it's not possible to work with a teacher, videotaping yourself can be a useful source to of feedback too. The process of watching yourself can be helpful in seeing what you are actually doing rather than what you think you're doing. 
Number three is set a stretch goal just outside of your current comfort zone. The way you will get better is by challenging yourself. For example, if you are trying to get better at meditating for longer periods of times and you can currently medica- meditate for five minutes in a t- at a time, try going for six and work your way up. Number four is schedule dedicated time for deliberate practice. Erickson differentiates between the way we usually practice something, assuming that we will just get better at something the more we do it, and deliberate practice, the focused, intentional repetition of the specific skills you identified before. He recommends that we dedicate time each day that is free of distractions and obligations to engage in deliberate practice of a skill and to aim to practice that skill intently for an hour or so before taking a break. Okay, how do we handle our mistakes and failures with this? The most important part of all of this might be the willingness to fail and make mistakes. The way every single expert and peak performer has gotten to where they are is by making mistakes. With this feedback about what they are doing right or wrong, experts are able to update their mental representations or did detailed conceptualizations of what a thing should look like and feel like in body and mind and in turn improve their skill level. If we cultivate a willingness to set stretch goals outside of our comfort zones, fail, learn where and why we failed and try again, we too can improve our abilities to do things that we thought were out of our reach. What are your self-limiting beliefs about your own abilities? How can you incorporate elements of deliberate practice, feedback, and stretching your comfort zone into your own life to tell a new story? These simple ideas can enhance any component of your life you may want to improve from communication to wellness, career skills, or just interacting with others. Improving your competence with any skill will also build your resilience, which is the process of successfully adapting to difficult or challenging life experiences. Let me recap our key points once again today. Number one, all or nothing thinking can impede our motivation to improve our skills. Two, identifying specific components of skills to work on through feedback can be very helpful. And three, deliberate practice is more effective than our usual way of practicing. Okay. Thank you very much for listening today. If you or your organization is interested in any of these mindfulness-based stress reduction techniques, please contact me at Healthy Nevada. Our telephone number is 417-283-4575. And remember to check our Facebook and Instagram pages for our mindful moments each week. I do have a new Cotty intern that is working with our mindful moments right now oh how cool and her name is uh tori farmer and she's an english major and she's just delightful and very talented and so check out those mindful moments each week all right check it out ladies and gentlemen of course we're talking with candy Dahmer with healthy innovative today about the best way to get better at anything well thanks for coming in today i learned a lot from this one <laughs> thank you for having me all right and i am noel Conant, and you're listening to healthy Nevada on your brand of country 97.5 fm double k country